Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Collective. I have another excellent show planned, and we will uh, execute on that mission. So it's on you now, not me. <laughs> I love the flair, though. I mean, you're coming in all flared up, all dramatic. Hey, man, you know, I woke up early, got a workout in. Well, woke up early, did my light thing, wrote my journal, did a workout, got the kids to school, came home, did a little bit of laundry. Like I've had a, I've had a good day. Good routine. Sounds good like routine. you've been productive. Good start so far. How's it feel to be productive? Better. I've also been tracking my food. That's another one. Yeah. Um, the last but it's one. only been a day or two, right? A little bit of day. A little yeah. Bit of day. I mean, yeah. come on. But Let's here's get all crazy thing. with trends. <laughs> Don't be dropping <laughs> trend into a sentence. Here's the interesting thing. Mm. I am not getting anywhere near enough protein. Welcome to you and everyone else who doesn't think about these things. Yeah. So I uh, I just tracked yesterday, which is a pretty standard day for what we would normally eat mm -hmm. during the day. And Were you I half? Not even. <sighs> not <laughs> even. I think I hit like, even with, um, you know, eating a little bit more than what I do what, than the average person, I was still only, I think, at about like maybe 50 grams of protein. It's surprising, isn't it? For the day, yeah. And so, like, I, I went out and I double scooped a protein shake at the end of the night to kind of lift my levels up. Yeah. Uh, didn't, still didn't even come close. I was still, I was at about 100 grams total. Hundreds better than nothing. True. Hundreds better than all carbs all day. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, like, uh, last night you, you might have seen, uh, I did a little, I always do the same routine, shaken, not stirred. Mm -hmm. I don't put up a photo every time I do a shaken, not stirred, uh, uh, protein shake if i did you'd see one damn near every single day but that was 60 grams for me at uh, 10 o'clock last night mm, i gotta find a different protein than the one i'm using right now it uh it makes a very unpleasant bedfellows mm -hmm. so, so i failed to clarify that for you last time uh when you'd said it and i said you know like it's it's not so much the volume of protein, it's the source of protein or the form of protein. Yeah. And like if you've got a protein powder out there that's like really low quality, which generally speaking, most people buy because they think that they're going to get all swole on on a, a $4 jug of protein. You're not. Um, what you're going to do is annoy your wife based on flatulence. Mm -hmm. And so uh, you, you got to buy good quality protein. And by good, I mean the best that you can afford <clears throat> and that takes some research and i could tell you some brands i could point you in the right direction and and i might but generally speaking i think these are things that people have to discover themselves to some degree because through the process they become more educated you know what i yeah. mean yeah you know it's funny i was um i really like the the jocko molks they're tasty but um and they they work I just clean. can't uh, it's a price that's not yeah. tasty that's the that's Therefore, the i've never bought one and the even the big jugs they're not they're only like half full dude they're, they're like it's just a lot of empty space that you're paying for <laughs> i've done the math the math doesn't <laughs> work for me yeah um so i'm i'm gonna do a little bit more research and figure out what um mm -hmm. what i can find because i need to find something better something that i can use consistently without killing anyone yeah do you have the jug on you right now is it it's nearby or upstairs i could grab it it's... go get it okay. yeah, we'll yeah. Right back. let's figure it out in the meantime i'll amuse everyone 
Anyone uh, want to hear me whistle? I won't do it. Now, if I was a betting man, what would I bet? It probably is a marketing hook that uh, has caused the purchase. Shiny graphics. I'm going with shiny graphics. So what's the word? Quick trip. So we got uh, straight from Costco. Right. Lean fit protein. Oh, yeah. Right. Read the first three ingredients. First three ingredients are whey protein concentrate, Mm -hmm. whey protein isolate, Mm -hmm. and cacao. Okay, so it's a a blend. So whey whey protein isolate is the higher quality form of the protein that you should be seeking. And the concentrate, it could be mm, what's what's the serving size and what's the protein uh, result in the protein? 33 grams for one scoop, and that's 25 grams of protein. Mm. And so the rest is uh, inefficient protein or filler, uh, probably the cacao. And uh, is there is there sugars in that? What's the fourth ingredient? Fourth ingredient is xanthan gum. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's probably not a mega dirty uh, product. It's just a, it's probably the concentrate, the lower form of, lower quality form of protein that's probably making you a little gassy. So I'd, I'd consider this uh, one CK high quality protein and uh, go with whey protein isolate initially, sure. just so that it removes the problematic uh, issue of a concentrate. What at the moment, something is termed concentrate, man, you just don't know what you're getting. Uh, so go with WPI. Sure. And uh, look for a higher quality form. And before you purchase it, just hit me up in a DM or whatever, and we'll figure it out. But I want you to do a little bit of research yourself. For sure. The alternative is also consider a vegan or a vegetarian protein. You, your body may, you, you may think that you're good to go with dairy, but you may not be. Uh, it could be causing uh, a lot of gas from the uh, dairy sugars processing in your gut, causing flatulence, of course. Uh, so you might have to think about something like a vegan one. It could be hemp protein. It could be pea protein. It could be, well, there's lots of different vegan or vegetarian proteins that m- will probably be easier on your gut. Could be. my. Um, I've never, let me replay I can't say never. Um, I usually do a shake with milk. Mm-hmm. And uh, dairy has not given me a pride. Like I've been drinking milk my whole life, never had an issue with it, gut wise. And uh, well, you don't know that. <clears throat> you don't know that because you've you've yet to do an A B comparison. True on on what's causing the flatulence or what's causing whatever. So for me, as an example, like it's not that I'm embarrassed to say this, but it's f- I find it amusing. Um, so dairy makes my skin break out to some degree. Like I have sensitive skin, bro. I'm sensitive. (laughs) And so, um, I, I don't like being sensitive. I like being hard. Mm. And so, uh, I have to reduce dairy because it makes me sensitive. Mm. I will never be sensitive. I will always be 
insensitive. So I, yeah, something to think about. It is. Yeah, I uh, I know I know that uh, we did try at one point. My wife wanted to try like a thirty day. We're gonna like decrease the amount of meat, red meat, in our right. diet, and I was like, okay, well, let's try it, see what happens. And uh, man, did my mood ever get affected? If mm -hmm. I don't get enough like red meat um, steak or some sort of um, high quality red meat in my system, I, I, I uh, it affects me mood wise very drastically and very quickly. Yeah, maybe, but but the thing is that what is it? So you know, when you take beef or meat as an example, of course, there's protein and fats predominantly, and so uh, the protein is easy to understand, and your your moodiness, we'll call it. And I don't know what we, what else we could call it, but we'll just call it moodiness. That's what it is, yeah. Sure. And so uh, that could be a result of if you're not getting meat, what what is replacing it? Carbs, or if you're not getting meat, what is replacing it? A really cheap source of protein, like tofu, as an example, or beans, or whatever. Like the, you can't pull meat out of the diet. And not replace it with another form of protein. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, obviously, if you're not getting enough protein, which you aren't currently, um, you, you can have that. And I don't believe in this at all. But the term is hangry. I'm mm -hmm. hungry, and I'm angry. Yeah. It's it's just a it's just a weak minded uh, idea for some to enable someone to act out just because they haven't eaten like half an hour ago. Yeah. And so it's a pile of nonsense, in my opinion. No one has to be hangry. Um, but what you might be is with your blood sugars dipping or your your uh, your mind thinking that you're constantly hungry because ghrelin, uh, a something in your body that makes you feel like you're not that hungry. Well, man, if you're constantly feeling like you're hungry and you are replacing it with a whole pile of carbs, now your blood sugar's whacked, your hormonal panel is whacked for that day and because you're feeling moody it has less to do with the meat and it has everything to do with protein does that make yeah. sense yeah no that makes a lot of sense and i'm i'm looking forward to spending the next at least like i don't plan on stopping but at least the next week actually tracking what i'm eating mm -hmm. and I've been actually really good at tracking so far. It's been a day, but I didn't try to cheat immediately. There were chocolates in the house from Easter and uh, I ate a couple of those. My wife's got a big old bowl of salted caramel uh, popcorn that we had made our last batch from uh, a little while ago. And I've been snacking on that every once in a while, but I've been tracking it. So, so what are you tracking? Um, like take the caramel coated uh, popcorn as an example. Yeah. What do you and how are you tracking it? What are you entering it into? Uh, well, I'm entering it into my Fitbit app, mm -hmm. and I entered it as caramel popcorn, mm -hmm. one cup versus uh, one cup one cup worth. Okay. And um, it uh, let me let me pull it up if I can yeah, sure. pull it up. See if I can because actually... what the the distinction being that if it's homemade, no calculator can determine what kind of crap sugars were poured on it. You know what I mean? Well, it was uh, it specifically butter, corn syrup, and sugar, white sugar. Mm -hmm. That's that's there's what only one good caramel. ingredient out of those three: <laughs> the butter. <laughs> um, but that's that's it. She um, she makes really good caramel, but it is. Um, 
it's very basic. There's not a lot to it. So yeah, there's butter and rat poison. I guess basically, it. yeah. Uh, I'm not it's sure. Tasty. That's fine. Man, but, it is delicious. Yeah, um, it's not free. It is definitely not. So what it comes under is sugar syrup or caramel coated popcorn, and it listed as 168 calories for a cup. Mm. For a cup seems low. I didn't. I didn't. Depending eat on how cup. much caramel is on there, I, I guess I took like a couple half handfuls. Mm. So not quite a cup, but. Still, I just put it in there as a cup as a general kind of like catch-all. Mm, mm, mm. You know, it's the sugar response and and how your body is uh, tuned right now, which it's not. It's not a race car at all right not at now. All. No. Uh, and it's just your body's not used to jet fuel, so it can't be a fighter, mm -hmm. uh, fighter or craft. So right now you're a bit of a jalopy, maybe a horse and buggy without the horse right now. <laughs> yeah, just the buggy. <laughs> and a wobbly <laughs> wheel. Yeah. I'm um, one of the shopping carts with the right. third wheel <laughs> <Just> squeaking. <laughs> um, but you know, the idea being that your, your response right now, though academically interesting to you, perhaps like you're not quite one day of trending, yeah. what you should consider is this, you may, you may feel things, you may respond in various ways over the next few days, but those are, I, I would consider them to be blips on the radar until things stabilize a little bit. Cause you're, yeah your hormonal system, you're out of whack and you need to get back into calibration. And that calibration is called eating a clean diet for about a week to, to establish a baseline of how you're supposed to feel versus how you think you're supposed to feel. Yeah. And so get back to that square root of zero and figure out, okay, this is me on clean fuel. And then you'll be able to better understand how insane uh, homemade caramel popcorn is for your home hormonal system. Cause right now it feels good, but it won't feel good. Once you clean up your system, it'll feel yeah. like crap, yeah. but it's okay to, it's okay to consume. I'm not saying no one should uh, eat caramel popcorn. Dude, I, I eat crap from time to time for sure. The difference is being aware of what it's doing to your body versus just mindlessly consuming, which yeah. is what anyone can do if they haven't reset back to a baseline of clean diet. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, uh, thought quite a bit about what you said yesterday in the green room while we were talking, um, afterwards. dude, I was too hard on you. I think nah, I, don't I think thought so. about it after the fact I was too hard on you. Oh, okay. Well, my I, apologies. I did need a kick in the butt and it is, everyone it does. Is, so. I do. Yeah. We all do. Um, before we go any farther, we're like 15 minutes in talking about me, but I do want to remind everybody <laughs> that this isn't normally what we do. Yeah. Um, why not? And if, uh, if you do enjoy it though, make sure you like, you subscribe, you the notification oh, bell. Buddy. 15 minutes in, right? Unbelievable. So bad. Um, but also, um, I do want to make sure Carl, cheers, gent back on the farm and feeling fine. Good to hear. Nice. Uh, Patrick Grundle wanted you to sing a song while Dude, I was I running upstairs. Did. And I was going to uh, use my velvety voice. <laughs> Winter storm morning, everybody. Uh, thanks for joining us. We're going to get into a topic here shortly, but I do want to point this out. This is a good that, topic. Well, yeah, but okay. And it, it's a, it's mostly about you, but it's not about you. True. It's about you as as the placeholder for the conversation because mm. I'm not directing this directly at you. I'm I'm talking around you to some degree if that makes you, sense. using me as the the general example well, i'm the training dummy 
well, right? you, yeah, you're, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you are the Yuki. Uh, yeah. No, you're you're less about the training dummy and you're more about the opportunity to have this conversation in mm. absence of someone else called Chance Burroughs who shows up on the panel. You That's know, true. the you're you're the placeholder for good questions. Mm. You you're asking good mm. questions. And the conversation that's going back and forth, though, it isn't highly refined. It's still opening up points of conversation for other people who are listening right now. That's a very good point. Well, let me uh, carry on with my expose then. The, yeah, um, your thing. the thought process I had yesterday after uh, you and I were chatting in the green room there was the fact that you had asked me a question that really kind of clicked in my head was, when was the last time I'd done something for myself? And I started thinking about it, and I, I assumed that you were talking about um, when was the last time I did something big for myself, like important, something that I really, really wanted. Not like I wanted to go to the store or I bought myself a chocolate bar or like not that stuff. I mean, that happens every day. Come on. Right. I, I don't actually eat chocolate bars <laughs> every day, but um, every second day, maybe. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, but Get a grip on it. So the last thing that I had done was join the army. That was like, mm, since I was a kid, that's right. the one thing I wanted to do. I wanted to join the army. I wanted to be a soldier. And and then I got out and I was like, well, now what? And uh, I started thinking after you and I were talking of the stuff that really fascinates me, interests me, as well as the things that I immediately go, I don't want to do that. And the, one of the things that came up was school. I have no desire to go to school. I really don't mm -hmm. like school. Never did right. like school. I don't want to do the whole freaking thing. But at the same time, maybe that's why I should do it because it's going to be freaking hard. And mm -hmm. to, I would be, if I were to actually go back to school and get a degree or some sort of post um, degree program, postgraduate, postgraduate program, that would, I would be the first one in my family to do that first off. And then on top of that, it would also give me something to um, seek rather than own for yourself. Yeah. That, and that I want to do something that I want to do, not just like I need to take a business program to get this, to get those things. Da, 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 da. What am I really fascinated in? What am I really looking Correct. at? So I, um, I reached out to Gino nice. and uh, talked to him because behavior is always something that has fascinated me and why people do things. And I've always been able to, can't say always, I have recently understood that uh, in order to understand your own behavior, you should really study it. <laughs> and once you, once you study it and Agreed. understand your own behavior, then you can, uh, you can develop what you want to do past that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I just got into a conversation with uh, with Gino about that and what what that would entail, what type of like schooling is required, blah 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 blah. Um, but yeah, definitely a good conversation. I realized that I had not done anything that I had wanted. Other, you know, I married my wife and <laughs> congratulations, you know, like that, right? Best move but you ever made, hundred percent, because yeah. she is uh, fantastic. But the the last thing that was like truly from the depths of my soul that I really wanted to achieve was to become a soldier. And since then, you know, oh, I, I wanted to be a dad. Right. So right. now I'm a dad, right? <clears throat> like there's things in there. And uh, I was explaining in the green room was that there's lots of stuff I've done that's been challenging, but nothing that's been like hard, hard, hard. Yeah. 
Like the the hard hook that you can hang your hat on and nod it as you walk past it. Yeah, like this one. We've, we've all done things. Yeah, yeah. We've all done things that are hard and, and nod worthy. But man, if if it's been so long since you've been able to nod at yourself or get a nod back, like I don't hand nods out for, for day-to-day efforts or, or little blips on the radar. I mean, my nod counts. I'm not saying that my nod's a big deal, but I reserve it for for people that are putting out the effort. And so, you know, the uh, if if you're grinding throughout the day and you're grinding without a purpose, you're just grinding to grind. That doesn't get my nod. That's mm-hmm. like that's that's almost like doing nothing because yeah. you're actively not involved in your own grind. You're you've you've forgotten why you're doing it. The grind is the grind. The grind is the thing. And now with what, to what end, to what purpose? Well, you know, I put that post out last night, <clears throat> that little video. It was a good one. Mock-up that I put up. It wasn't a mock-up. And, uh, well, it's it, a... What was it? A collage? What was it? I don't know what you would call that. It, it, it's a video mashup, maybe? Mm. Mashup. Um, yeah. So I put that up and I, I was looking up the definition of grind and... <laughs> The first one that came up was to um, was to crush things, pulverize, yeah, <laughs> pulverize. And I was like, right. And then I started thinking about the fact that a lot of times, for what I have done in the past, is said, okay, well, I'm going to do this, and then we'll see what happens. Yeah, and then I, I try and make say it a lot of times. Right? Yeah. Uh, and I realized that very rarely have I ever said, I'm going to do this, right. And no, I'm going to see what happens. No, we'll figure it out when when we get there. No, just like going there. Yeah, I've actually corrected you a handful of times over here on the collective mm-hmm. when you've said, "Oh, I'll just see what happens." No, bro, not see what happens. <laughs> Make it happen. Make it happen. Yeah. So that's uh, I, ha- I have an interesting outlook over the next little while, just from a couple epiphanies and a little kick in the butt from you. Mm-hmm. So. Good we all go. need them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm happy to hand them out because I've had mine kicked enough. I, I find it easy to hand them out as well. Yeah. I think the real trick is um, you know, understanding when that is a it's a helpful kick in the butt mm-hmm. versus I'm just here to make you feel bad. Mm-hmm. Right. And I try not to make it personal, but I try to make it sting. And yeah. it's a tricky balance, and I don't always get it right because I know it has to sting in order to create the motion, in order Mm -hmm. to create the get away from the sting movement. Mm -hmm. And so otherwise a person's just going to stand there continuing to mouth breathe as I see it. And so it takes something that leaves a mark on the person to make them move and make their mark. Um, that, but that's the way I've always run the program. One of the things you said was, uh, you said, uh, I was getting soft and for like Mm -hmm. the last decade I've been soft and I was like, yeah, no, and there's there was a period of time in my life where I wasn't soft, uh, but there was early childhood, like before I joined the army, I was soft for sure. Even though I was mm-hmm. doing lots of stuff, but I was soft. Joining the army, I was semi-hard. <laughs> I don't know what you would call that. Yeah. Um, but then after I got out, man, I was, yeah, I relegated. Mm-hmm. I was like, cool, done. 
sat yeah. back on my haunches and just kind of like you let the milk spoil in the refrigerator. Yeah, just letting her roll. Let and a lot of it was that same mentality of yeah, we'll see. Okay, we'll see. We'll see where this takes me. That's right. We'll see where this takes me, and then maybe if this opportunity shows up, and I'll jump on that, or maybe if that happens, I'll jump on that. But I was very. Passive. You were you were kind of like open minded dabbling in a sense. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. And I just wanted to see if there was a road that I that I could follow versus trail breaking. How's this road feel? Interesting. It's it Define I have not that. I I have not experienced this type of direction since the day I walked in the recruiting office. And even then, like I've told the story a bunch of times, you know, um, when I first signed up, they told me I had to wait an extra 18 months. And it was in that moment where I was like, all right, I'll see you in 18 months. And I used it to train and get stronger and faster and blah, 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 all that stuff. Um, But it was because there was a, there was no, if I get in or, Mm -hmm. or when I get in, it was just, I'm getting in. Yeah, and you, I'll do whatever you were preparing there. for the inevitable, not yeah. the maybe. Yeah, and even I had a uh, I had an instructor tell me on one of my courses, he was walking around going like, "What do you want to be? And what do you want to be? And what you know, asking people what trades they wanted to be." And he came up to me and I said, "I'm gonna be a combat engineer." There was mm-hmm. no doubt in my mind. There was no quit. There was no this might happen, might not happen. I might pass. I might not. It was just this is happening. Period. Let me ask you this. Yeah. When do you think you lost your conviction? Uh, pretty early, actually. It was, um, I'd say, when I truly lost the conviction would have been after I got back from overseas. Mm-hmm. And I started to see all the politics and all of the, because like when you first get to a unit and, you know, people are doing things a certain way, it just seems like normal. Like, oh, okay, right. well, this is the way everything you, works you don't okay. see the cool. uh you don't see the layers of the game yet exactly and then um i came back from overseas and it, overseas is a totally different world than you know regimental military and uh i just got uh, i got really bitter i got really i was just so many levels to i was still very surface level i was mm-hmm. looking at it as i'm skilled i have uh, I'm what strong, I'm me? skilled, I'm da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Yeah, what yeah. about me? Yeah. Versus, what what about me? Like, yeah. <laughs> I should or be looking. what can I in, do for you? What can I do for you rather than, you know, what, what, what am I doing? What can you do for me? <laughs> exactly. And so it was at that point where I started to lose that conviction of just like, I was like, what am I even doing here? What is mm-hmm. the point of this all? And, yeah, went to. So you lost it, understandably so. And then and I, you're not the only one. A, b- a and, bunch of guys did. And I got it. I started to get it back. This is the interesting thing. So um, Carl says same here. So yeah, he's had a similar experience too. Um, when I went to the school, when I went to Meaford and started teaching, mm. that came back. That mm. conviction of like what I was doing actually mattered and people... Because you had purpose again. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was it was an interesting thing because I, I look back and I say, you know, it's, it's I'm glad that I got out in Meaford where my last experience from the military can be good because I can look back at the career and go oh well you know there were some good times there were some bad times there were some good times I got that little compliment sandwich of history but had I gotten out when I initially planned to when I was still angry and bitter and really upset and just wanted to leave 
I would have an entirely different outlook on military service. And yeah, you'd be that veteran poisoning poisoning the village well. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So, it's uh, it's been an interesting journey over the last <laughs> over the last decade. That well, let uh, me ask you this because uh, here's what I think. You know, the conviction uh, as it ebbed and flowed. Let's talk about the Meaford and the overseas deployment when your conviction felt right or when you felt like you you were in the right place for the right reason it was because you were doing something that you enjoyed that probably well enjoyed is a is a loose term but maybe something that you felt like you had purpose mm -hmm. and so at, in meford when you're instructing you you'd been given a role where you felt like you were doing good where you were serving where you were making a difference and I find that attitudes corrode rapidly when someone feels like they aren't of value, where they, where they're, whatever they're doing is of no consequence. If it's yeah. of no consequence, it's that rapid erosion of, well, why am I even here? What is my purpose? Am I even valuable in this moment or in the future? I'm out of here. Yeah. And, and so that sense of, being useful or valuable, but also being recognized for it as well, either within yourself or from an external uh, variable, another person as an example, or the institution. And yes. so while you're at Meaford, you either felt within yourself that you were of value or you were being told externally that you were of value. Which one was it? Uh, I felt myself that I was valuable mm -hmm. and I was being told from the outside as well. Yeah, yeah right. So it, um, and a lot of it actually thinking about it was at the regiment when we, so like, uh, let me rephrase, I'm going to go back a couple steps here. Um, overseas, you know, I was doing work. I was doing the work that I had been trained to do. I was mm -hmm. excited to do it. I was there testing myself physically, mentally, all that good stuff. But I had a reason. The purpose behind it was, right? It wasn't about me scan in the ground it was to make sure that everyone behind me was good to go mm -hmm. and that gives me purpose it gives me this uh, i get to be a service right you get i got home and uh and then there was a lot of sanctuary trauma plus trying to deal with my own managing you know how to deal with real life versus combat versus all these things as well as just sitting around doing nothing and for months on end or doing the same thing every day over and over with no actual consequence or benefit to not only myself, but the people around me. Mm -hmm. So there was this, uh, as you said, there was this removal of um, purpose. Mm -hmm. There was no purpose. I showed up in the morning. I did my PT. I walked around but the you, regiment for a while. you probably didn't categorize it as such. Mm, very absolutely you, you, you no just idea. got like more and more bitter or more more disconnected or more and more whatever yeah. and just kept on thinking day after day i'm even more out of here now yeah exactly. now i'm even more out of here than yesterday was out of here and so yeah. that's how it goes without anyone stopping to think hang on a sec what changed why do i feel this way versus like a year ago when i didn't feel that and because no one sits down and deeply contemplates the why of that feeling or the why of the direction that they're starting to shift towards. And certainly none of their buddies are sitting down with them and saying, bro, let's talk. Yeah. And so nothing really gets sorted out. You just find yourself several years later walking down the sidewalk, shrugging your shoulders, hating on an institution that you didn't understand because you never thought about it. 
Yeah. It wasn't until Meaford when I got there, um, because right before I got posted, this was like a, this was a standard day for me at the regiment was I would wake up and immediately dread going to work and just being like, I don't want to be there. And I was looking at it as work. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, because it had basically become a nine to five job. It really well, wasn't. Maybe uh, not even looking at it as work, looking at it as drudgery. Drudgery, absolutely. And so I, you know, I'd wake up, I'd just immediately dread wanted to go there. I would get all sorts of agitated on the drive there, do my PT, do my stuff, um, come back to the unit and dress the day, whatever. And then I would, you know, do what was needed of me. And there were times where I would try to like step outside my bounds and be like, okay. I got an idea. Let me run with it. And I would bring it up to my chain of command and that would get thrown in my face and be like, nope. And I'd be like, okay, well, I'm going to stop coming up with ideas then. Cool. I guess this is where, you know, this was my day after day after day after day. And then finally, when I got posted, um, I would wake up and I would enjoy my work day, like teaching and um, doing all the, even, I even enjoyed the paperwork, writing weeklies and stuff. I enjoyed it all, but I still woke up angry. And it was at that moment where I was like, and so it's not the regiment that I was angry at. Maybe it's something else. And it was in those moments where I, I was, because the Delta was obvious, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like it wasn't the same day every day at the regiment. It was now the same feeling, but a different day in a whole new, a whole new mm -hmm. environment. Mm -hmm. So that was uh, where I started to make those realizations of like, there's something else wrong. There's something else going on here. What is it? And then I started interesting, like, oh, I'm not sleeping well. Oh, well, that's probably what it is. And then it, like, so I would just latch on to whatever I could latch on to. Right. And then I started seeing the docs and they were like, oh, well, post-traumatic stress, depression, all these things. Da, 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 da. You list off all the acronyms. Cool. Here's some, do you want meds? I'm like, uh, I guess. <laughs> right? That was, I, I that was again, when you got your first meds, how long ago was that? That was 2012. Okay. So and it was 11 years ago. Yeah. And then, uh, and that fed into the, uh, oh, well, you're, you're just broken from overseas. Okay. Well, cool. And how then long again, did you stay on meds? Not long. It was a couple of, uh, maybe a couple of months. And it just didn't make me feel good. And I had a hard time doing my job and concentrating and trying to figure out how to do with my day. And uh, so I got off those and just managed for a while. Or not. And, yeah, not not managed at all. <laughs> uh, but I basically just dealt with, with whatever was coming up. Mm -hmm. And then uh, eventually retired, came home, and started the whole process from there. So it was... Uh, that sequence of about two years of leaving the regiment teaching and then getting out of the army. It was a roller coaster to say the least, but again, it was more of a latching onto whatever I could just grab onto to try and sort something out without any depth of introspection. So that's what I was going to ask you next is, you know, no doubt it was a gong show for you uh, in absence of any clear path forward. Uh, and so looking back on that time, how would you do it differently? I would do what I tell people to do now. Seek work. And not just seek work, but like, I would start 
immediately working on what I wanted to do through the day. So rather than <clears throat> clean the bay again or go shovel or go polish another shovel, do stuff that I actually enjoyed. And there were a few times in my career where I was able to do that where um, I really enjoyed breaching. And I had a, one of my leadership come down to me and be like, hey, man, you you really like breaching and stuff. Why don't you read this Pam on shock tube? And I was like, yeah, sweet. So I kind of became a little bit of a SME on shock tube within the regiment. But instead of following that, no one came and asked me about it. So I just said, cool, I guess no one needs my input. Rather than what I should have done, which I would look back and do differently now, is continue to seek that. Talk to manufacturers of shock tube, talk to other units that have master breachers in it and, you know, like start to compile information rather than just go, oh, well, nobody asked me. So I guess I'm just going to stop. And I would do that with many things rather than just give up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was, uh, but then on top of that, physically, the one thing that I was, wasn't doing was um, challenging myself. Again, I, I got very lax at the fact that I had a above average physical capacity. And I just was like, oh, okay, well, I can handle whatever you throw at me. Gave cool. up. Yeah, absolutely. And I just said, well, cool. If, uh, if I don't need to push myself in order to do what you ask me, why would I push myself? So I stopped. Mm -hmm. And then that affected everything else because I wasn't, I had no physical direction. I had no mental direction. I had no emotional direction. It was just, you know, I'd wake up in the morning and see what happened. Try and manage the best I could, which I didn't manage well at all. So, mm -hmm. And you know, that classic case of... Uh, why should I bother if they don't care? Well, who cares about them? How about you care about yourself? And yeah, I didn't realize the, that. For... The classic sentence, uh, if I don't care about me, why would anyone else care about me? Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And unfortunately, you know, looking back on it. Oh, it's least... easy to see it now. Now. I yeah, mean, exactly. Right? 20 years. Yeah, of course. <laughs> like, oh, man, geez. <laughs> you know, I think back when I was 13 and 14 and stuff I used to do, it was funny. I, um, my my mom at one point was like, Chance, you need to shower. <laughs> you, you stink. And I'm like, I don't care. I don't freaking care. And it was more about the fact that I had like, it was just like, I don't care. I just don't care. And as a 13, 14 year old, right? Nobody cares about anything. Um, but had I put some effort forward, that would have changed my outlook on life. And even mm -hmm. just a little bit of effort. Mm -hmm. stacked again you know we've said this many times on the podcast is uh just stack stack it up get those little wins in right and start stacking them through the day yeah you know i've had that conversation with our boys when they were about that age and uh it was that shrugging of the shoulders and like what does it matter uh here's why it matters because i just told you to <laughs> go take a shower yep. just because you enjoy your own stink doesn't mean the rest of society does clean up your act for the rest of society. Yeah. And it goes to, you know, what we were saying yesterday was the fact that if you can't do it for yourself, mm -hmm. do it for the team. That's right. And if you're, if you're looking for a team, there are teams all over you. Like if you look around your environment, your close environment, there are teams everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. There's not just myself, but my family, not just myself, but the boys, not just myself, but the community, not just myself, but the broader veteran community, whatever right? Whatever you want to attach yourself to, that can be your team. 
and do it for them if you can't do it can, for but enough enough people there's enough people that don't do anything about that thought beyond the thought mm-hmm. that it's a trend called don't move a finger don't move an ass don't even get off the couch it's easy to the thought construct of i'm just going to do it for the team but doing it requires like the law of physics to shift called action or motion <laughs> it's very true i actually and I was that's not directed to... at you i mean it's directed yep. at anyone who thinks uh, i'm gonna go out there and do it for the team do what have an idea ideas don't move the needle i've had lots of ideas i've had millions of ideas billions of ideas right uh <laughs> um Gray Mandan says, not just yourself, but the collective. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, I, I remember, I remember thinking to myself at one point while I was in the army, like nobody cares, nobody cares, which is a sad state of affairs, right? If you have, mm. if you have junior members thinking nobody cares. That that should tell you something about the leadership within a, within a unit, right? That's just that's not good. That's um, not the army I existed in, though. Yeah, and w- at one point, actually, this is an interesting story. I was in the canteen and uh, was getting myself a coffee or something. I don't remember what it was, and the CEO walked in, and the CEO and I, you know, I had worked under him uh, when I was in the intelligence cell, and and he was like, "Oh, hey, Cobra Pearls, how you doing?" And I was like, "Honestly, sir, I." no desire to be here right now like my, my gaff had gone to a absolute zero right and i to the point that i was going to be 100 percent honest with the ceo right and it shook him like he he didn't really know how to respond and was like oh well i sorry maybe he's never responded <laughs> before you know what i mean like because the Absolutely. chain of command will filter all of that out 100 percent, and uh disconnected it was, from reality that's the sad part of it was that he had no clue. And we, um, we sat down for a CO's hour at one point, all the corporals and below. And, uh, he was like, so troops, what are some of the issues? And it was just, so like, let's, let's talk about boom, some fun stuff, hands left, right, and center. Right. And somebody came up with the fact that it's like, sir, we don't train. He's like, oh, well we have training exercise all the time. He's like, yeah, but we don't train. You have divers who haven't dived except for their one day, one yearly dive certificate. That's it. We don't actually do dive ops. So what do we do? And then somebody else was like, yes, yeah, sir, the, uh, the IED guys and the EOD teams that we, we don't actually get the robots out. We go to the field, we sweep for mines and we come home. <laughs> like, what do, what do we even do? And he's like, Oh, well, our, our training schedule is full and we have so many things going on. And I was like, that doesn't filter down to the troops, sir. I'm sorry to tell you, but, uh, this is the way it is. And it's funny because the disconnect between the higher ups versus the troops, I saw was was vast within the engineers. And I've talked to tankers who said it was the same, talked to yeah. artillery who said it was the same. Certain infantry units was not that way. That's right. Like one VP, I've heard very regularly, not at all. They're training all the time. And they were training what they trained for. Mm-hmm. Three VP, same thing. Mm-hmm. 100%. I've heard it from a couple of 2VP guys, but not as often. So um, RCR guys, same thing. But it's interesting to the fact that the 
the infantry can maintain that, whereas other units, it seems to flitter away over time. Well, I think certainly I'll speak for myself or the guys that I worked with or around or whatever the case is I was surrounded by. I always tried to stay mission focused, mm. job focused. And so uh, where I found with other units or other trades, we'll say, they're more focused on the nine to five. Oh, yeah. it's a Tuesday. What happens on Tuesday? Yeah. Tuesday for lunch, we have uh, chicken fingers. Dude, that that ain't the job. Chicken fingers ain't the job. Yeah. You know what the job is? Kick ass. Yeah. And so the crew that I banged with, it was the kick ass crew, not the chicken finger crew. And so, you, you know, if, if that's what you're surrounded by is, is chicken finger liquors, well, guess what? That's what you're going to become. If you mindlessly interoperate with them for long enough, you become one of them. Yeah. And I was lucky that I never became that because the crew I banged with weren't that. And so to your point, one VP or three VP, which I banged with uh, both of those organizations, in my opinion, mission focused. Yeah. It's interesting too, because, you know, uh, in Afghanistan, it was, that's what it was. Mission focus. Everybody was there. You have a job to do and you need to do it so that everybody can do their job. And so I think that's part of why we felt so attached to the job. And so why we mm -hmm. had that, that mission critical purpose was there. Well, it's a sense of purpose. It's a sense of service. It's a clear direction that you can pour yourself into and know that it's for the good of all. 100%. And uh, when we got home, it's actually kind of funny you said that because the the one thing that we continually struggled with, or I struggled with regularly in that unit, was the fact that every time somebody would come up with, hey, we should do this because it'll make us more effective as engineers, it got thrown out because it wasn't, as per the PAM, you need to have this many training exercises based off of this particular thing, blah, blah, blah. It was very 9 to 5. Mm -hmm. On Monday, we're going to do this, or this month, we're going to do this type of training. And this month, we're going to make sure that our stores are all good. And this month, we're going to, like, there was no... It's a corporation now. It was, 100%. That's mm -hmm. a great way of putting it. Yeah. And it became management. Mm -hmm. And it's a state of mind that becomes entrenched. And so let me give you the uh, contrasting or contextualizing uh, comparison. And that is uh, where I felt the best sort of approach was and that was someone saying you got two minutes to do dot 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 make it happen mm -hmm. and then you make it happen and so it's not to schedule it's not to um carefully laid out um, corporate lesson plans it is make that happen now and i don't care how and those are the kind of things that I feel the military needs more of is, uh, I know not everyone's on pager, but if you can say at zero, 200 hours, get in here right now. And this is what we're going to do right now. Go. Well, that's a good army in my opinion. I agree. And I think the, um, the, the piece there that really stuck in my head was the fact that you said, um, I say it stuck in my head and then it disappeared, but the, <laughs> um, I'm going to try and grasp it. Not there, whatever, not You're a big deal. Right. Um, the, the real challenge within, I guess some of the other units is the fact that it, 
as a support unit, right? There's a vast expanse of what is capable, what the mm -hmm. mission is, right? Like, mm -hmm. so especially for engineers, we technically aren't combat arms. Even though we say we're combat arms, we're actually combat support. Mm -hmm. And so in that, that means that we have to be capable of, you know, any number of things, a whole bunch of different taskings, which makes it very difficult to be on a mission. Oh, that's what it was, was that um, we had never, at never at any point did I ever hear anybody say, um, make it happen. <laughs> and that was the key one, was that we got told, I want you to do this, this way, at this timing. Mm. And it was so always, not so much commander's intent, more micromanagey. Yeah, you will do exactly mm. this at this time. Continue, go. Mm. And then so the micromanagement started to not only filter from the top, but like tick, 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 it went all the way down to oh, the ground yeah. where you'd have, yeah. you know, I had a one- Mega micro. Oh, yeah. I had a section commander during a um, a platoon attack stand up and move one of his troops like eight inches to like it was just like a you mm. need to be over here rather than mm. just okay let's go like let's move it on or engage it afterwards or say hey man if you're gonna look for cover get behind the freaking tree rather than in mm. the open that kind of stuff um so that's uh a key point that i, I agree 100 percent that we need more of is intent let people make the mistake and then explain or then engage it immediately afterwards and say hey this happened Let's see if we can do it better and develop everybody with it rather than I, I think, but you know, it, it can't be just some Gomer pile wandering in and giving a commander's intent and then For sure. bumbling off. It has to be someone who shows up squared away, good to go. Mm -hmm. And a role model for, I'm going to tell you what you're going to do and you're going to do and then walk away. It yep. can't be the 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 commander's intent can't be delivered by Gomer Pyle. I agree. Then the, I can count on, I'd say probably two hands, the amount of solid squared away leadership leadership that I saw in that unit mm -hmm. that would do that, where they could walk in and say, "Okay, this is what I want you to do." Yeah, listen up, giver, mm -hmm. and then you know you have two hours, make it happen. Maybe on maybe two hands. I'm mm -hmm. close to one hand, but yeah, I suspect. And uh, unfortunately, and that was a regiment of like 600 people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's pretty but, sad. But that's a that's a created institution. That 100%. that is a institutionalized institution. Hundred percent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's uh, let here's a question. Then we are let's say we're institutionalized. Right, we're we're listening to this conversation, going, well, that's not how it is, and maybe it, like the 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 regiment knows what they're talking about, and you know they get very agitated about what we're talking about, saying that this place is uh, needs work or whatever. How do we recognize that we're institutionalized? What's the what's a good step to go? Step uh, out of the institution, like I did, and look back at it as a yep. science experiment to see where it was going wrong. And it's pretty evident in this conversation. I mean, you don't need to be a ex-military rocket scientist to figure out that that institution was botching it, plain and simple. Yeah. But if but but if you're in the machine, and you have grown up in the machine, and all you know is the machine, 
then the machine ain't broken. Yeah, that's a great point. Because I, I know lots of people that are that might watch this and go like, "How dare you insult my?" You know, like just get right up in arms about the fact that anybody would question the way something was done. When in truth, we should be all questioning the way things Always. are done at all times. Mm -hmm. That's what I've done for like. I don't know, so long, I can't even tell you how long. And by the way, uh, not just thought it like, mm, is there a better way to do that? Or or pointing a finger and saying, that institution sucks. What I have done is gone out and to seek the best institutions or the mm. best ways to do things. And I don't mean like the only way. I'm talking about 27 best ways. And then tried to contextualize that against the one way that the military does it. And yep. so, you know, I, I think it takes a broad uh, or an expansive view of many ways to do a thing and then figure out, is there a better way to do it than back then? Yeah. I also think that um, this just kind of came up in my head is the fact that <clears throat> as an example, yesterday we were talking um, and you had said, oh, you know, you, you could have owned being soft for 10 mm -hmm. years mm -hmm. and it, it it struck a nerve on me and i was like i i thought i like i had said yeah i was soft right and it, but it was it was a sloughing off rather than an ownership of the of the, mm -hmm. the moment and i think that uh a lot of it stemmed from the fact that i didn't want to accept the past as it was yeah right right i wanted to accept the past as i saw it yeah, right. Versus as it was. Yeah. And I think that... Uh, That's a much more comfortable story in your brain. 100%, right? Um, so the... As I was thinking about it last night and working on it today, you know, prior to this conversation was the fact that it is. Right? The past is. That we cannot yeah. change what is That's happening. That's right. So... Face it. what it is. Ba don't live in it. Yeah. We... Uh, I liken it to, I don't know if, you, maybe you might have been right at the beginning of this, but um, we use a system called Gunfighter. Okay. Which um, it's all about being square to the target. And, you know, there's a lot of very large, gross motor, motor movements when sure. you're turning and engaging targets. But uh, that's really what we got to do. Right. When you got, when you're looking at your past and you're like, square up to it. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, square up to it and hit it with three. Yeah. Two in the chest and one in the head. Mm -hmm. I mean, or if you're a machine gunner, a lot to the everywhere. <laughs> I, I prefer a scalpel to a hammer. <laughs> so uh, I like my machine guns. I, I, I do. I do agree. You know, like, um, and it's not just a matter of facing up to the harsh realities of the past. Uh, and the lie that oh, we all tell ourselves from time to time. It's just its just good to do it so that others can recognize that you do it. You know, it's setting, it's not just setting the example of I'm getting to work on myself or whatever. It's also setting the example that I can do it and so can you. It's a, it has to be for yourself and it has to be for the team. And I feel that for most people, setting the team as the priority on getting to work on yourself is a far uh, more palatable path than in isolation, just working on yourself, you mm. know? Well, you can become much more capable that way. 
Mm -hmm. right? To be able to... Particularly for service-oriented individuals, which you are. Yeah. So, you know, the... If you're too lazy to work on it for yourself, maybe you'll pick up your socks and start to get to work on it for the team, as it were. Not you, Chance Burles, whoever. Well, I, I do need to pick up my socks. They're, we all do. They're curling around my ankles, so I should probably Dude, do it. I can smell them from here. <laughs> um, Carl says, great point, first off. And uh, he says, in a way, it's similar to tackling trauma therapy. And I, I agree 100% in that it is, it is not just best for you or better for you in order to tackle your own trauma it is better for everybody yeah it's it's a self, it's a self-fulfilling trauma. prophecy do better everyone else is better because they're better you're doing better it's just it it just builds on itself of betterment but you got to start doing your best literally your actual best oh it's almost like we have some sort of uh merch coming out soon some sort of theme <laughs> um it it is 100 percent true and it's uh interesting i i actually said it to myself yesterday i was out riding with arden we got him up on the bike he got his new bike so it's oh, his nice. first ride on his new bike and he's all mm. excited is he all wobbly oh yeah good and he Did crash not quite mm, almost will. a couple of times then he that'll will, be the 100%. next struggle yeah <laughs> um because he was pretty comfortable on his old bike, mm. but it was way too small for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now he moved up to a bike where he has to kind of like stretch oh, a little. Yeah. He's got to have a whole proper... different thing. Yeah. And uh, we were rolling for a bit and we came up to a intersection and we had to stop and we were waiting there and the cars were going by and I was like, okay, you ready? You ready? You got yourself prepped up. And he's like, yep. He had his brake. He was standing on the pedal. He was ready to go. Mm. And he thought about it so hard and his head was down looking at his tires and like, and then he, and he kind of tripped and caught himself. And then I was like, okay, reset. Let's do it again. And we waited for cars. Okay. On you go. And he did it again. And I think it was about the third or fourth, um, kind of stumble where he couldn't get going. Mm. He started to cry mm. and I was like, okay, we're good. Take a breath, slow down. Step by step, breaking the small things. And slowly, he got control of his own emotions, got back up on the bike, got himself ready, looked both ways. And as soon as he looked up and looked both ways and stepped off without actually looking down at, at his feet, good to go. Mm. We were rolling. Mm. And it was, uh, it was one of those moments where I was like, I didn't have to do anything other than just be there to allow him to process through it. And once he was processed through it, we were rolling again. And he was riding mm. and he had a big smile on his face and he was mm. good to go. But he did that. I didn't coax him through it. I didn't Is like, he used to failing or he's just not used to failing? He's not used to failing. That's what I figured. He, he really struggles with failing. And he has a similar issue. I can't say issue, but his similar benefit, I guess, in that he learns really fast. Mm-hmm. And then because he knows that boy failing real quick. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. He knows really well, very quickly. And then when he can't do it, it hits him hard. So I'm allowing out now. I'm allowing him to fail. He's screwed as an adult unless he gets a grip on it now. More correctly, Chance Burles, unless you get a grip on it. Well, and this is my grip right now is that I'm Mm -hmm. letting him fail because for many years, last 
last two or three years I've been letting him fail. But prior to that, I was always helping him. I was always mm-hmm. there, ready to be like, ah, buckle wrap it. Ah. Yeah. So now he's free to the birds, I guess, a little bit more. And mm. he's going to fail. And, he, and I'm going to stand there and be like, kid. I'm just going to stand there like this. Yeah, man. Sort it mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to figure, figure it out. out. I've, I've actually used that now, I think maybe a dozen times where he'll just, he's like, it's hard. I'm like, figure it out. Figure it out. Take as long as you need to figure it out. Exactly. Um, well, we are at our hour now. Thanks for mm. a great conversation. Great yeah, chat. Buddy. Good, uh, good points along the way throughout the whole thing. Any final thoughts on nah. anything we went over? No, it's a fun chat. And, and uh, we do need to do these from time to time without the mm-hmm. mega topics or the mega direction or whatever. Just see where it goes. And, you know, we started off, I guess, with food. And now we're talking about kids failing on the side of a road. And, and it's all good, man, because the topics at hand, whether it's the institution of the military or whatever, they all apply in general life to all of us all the time. So I think it's good. It's uh, It's kind of hilarious because... I was going to use a topic as a way to avoid myself. And you know what topic I was going to use? What were you going to use? The excuse of external proxy. Ah, yes, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to externally proxy my external proxy by talking about external proxy. Right. About but someone they, else. But now we got it uh, we got it sorted out so yeah this uh, was more uh, fruitful i believe 100 percent. carl says glad i got to check in today appreciate you all appreciate you carl for listening and watching um other than that i think i know i have learned have you learned yeah for sure buddy it was a good combo have you I've grown at all i've grown a little bit as well so i feel like i've grown grown and built i mean maybe not height hopefully maybe you might come up to my shoulder I'm still one day. five nine <laughs> <laughs> but uh with that said, with everything else sorted out, we'll see you all tomorrow. And uh, we got some interesting people coming up soon. So be aware. I'm aware. I will, I will use my external proxy. <laughs> stay alert, stay alive, Chance Pearls. Ooh, that's a good one. I like it. All right. We'll see you all tomorrow. Chimo. Chimo.